You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to share this, this message with us today. I'm truly believing that God is going to speak to every single heart, that it's going to be a moment of revelation that opens up your, your eyes, that opens your ears, that allows the Holy Spirit to bring revelation. Who wants revelation in their life? I, I know that I most certainly do. So today's message is called, How to Live with Abundant Life. I, I think it's really easy sometimes for us as we just go through life, we, we put up with things. Does anyone go through life and just put up with things? You know, it's like the little niggles. It's like sometimes like with our physical bodies, we, we just put up with things. and Put up with physical niggles. Like, oh, my knee hurts. Oh, that's right, the doctor said I should go for a walk. Oh, my knee hurts. We just put up with it rather than being proactive. And I'm believing that as we pour through the scriptures today, the Holy Spirit is going to give us tools to deal with the niggles. Who wants their niggles dealt with? It's a weird saying, isn't it? Who wants their niggles dealt with? Have I got a plan for us? It would be fair to say that there are moments in our Christian walk uh, where we feel torn between two worlds. Has anyone, anyone ever felt that before? Like you've just been torn between two worlds. You know, perhaps even at times... Maybe even it feels like there is a war going on within ourselves. And the two worlds that I'm referring to this morning is our spirit and our soul. There is just at times within us just a war between our spirit and our soul. And see, when we accept Jesus, when we pray a prayer to follow him and follow his ways, his spirit dwells within us. And rightly so at that moment in time, that is where the war within begins. Um, what changes at the moment of salvation? Well, our spirits are renewed. You would have heard me say this before, but I'll continue to say it, that our spirit is renewed at salvation. We're perfected by his spirit. However, our mind begins a process of our will and our behaviours and our emotions, including our actions and our reactions and our affections being renewed. It takes a bit, bit of time to catch up sometimes with those things. Some people just look at me and say, amen, amen, it's, it's on the late train. Um, see, this renewal, it can take a bit of time to catch up to our salvation at times. What, what are some things that may take time to catch up? Our behaviours, including how we talk to each other. Our body language, our language, our moods, our addictions, our justifications, among many other things that used to have free reign over us. But now because of our salvation, it feels like there is a war. We're torn between two worlds at times. So I, I believe that at many times, and this, this may not be true for everyone, so don't. it's not a blanket statement before, this morning, but... I know that as we're torn between our old life and who we know we are now destined to be through Jesus, there are times where it can be an effort to be more like Christ. And at times in our effort to be more like Christ, it can feel at times that the easier path is to avoid any feelings of failure. Has anyone done that before? 
It's like in my effort to pursue being more like Jesus, I'm not going to focus on my feelings of failure or messing up in there. I'm just going to focus on this. And it can make ourselves feel better, but it doesn't necessarily deal with the things that need to be removed from our life. Particularly when it comes to dealing with things of old patterns and old behaviours. You know, failing in our behaviours and reactions and choosing the wrong path and the wrong thought life and choosing addictions, etc. I just want to encourage you today, avoiding those feelings is not the answer. That is not the answer that God has for you today. It may be a coping mechanism that you've used over time, but it's not the way that God wants to... Uh, encourage you to deal with those things. So let's establish who you are today. I think it's important for us to to know who your identity is found in and who your provider is. Um, in John 10 verse 9, um, we see a description of Jesus. Jesus described himself as the gate and he says the following in John 10 verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. In the ERV version, it says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will be able to come in and go out. They will find everything they need. I want you to cotton on to this this morning. Everything you need is found in and through Jesus. For some of us, maybe we've found our spirituality in him, but we haven't understood that everything that we need is found in him too. Not just our salvation. Jesus says, I'm the gate. Whoever, whoever enters through him will be saved. What is being entered in through him? Well, we obviously enter into eternal life. We understand the scriptures say we're entering into eternal life. In John 14, 6, it says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come through the Father except through me. So the, gate, the gateway to salvation is Jesus. The only way for our relationship to be restored with God is through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. So in this passage of Scripture, this is what I love about Jesus. He talks to us in ways that we can understand. It's not, it's not like a 10-part theological message that he provides. He tells a bit of a story. He has a bit of a yarn. And it's like, have you thought about this? And in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is talking about sheep. He, he loved to talk about people in everyday ways that we could, we could understand. And as I share this next part, when Jesus talks about sheep, can I invite you to insert yourself into the story in place of sheep? Can I invite you to process this next part, understanding that sheep means he was talking about me? Jesus refers to himself in this passage of Scripture, this chapter, as the good shepherd. And in the natural, shepherds were tasked with making sure that sheep would stay alive, um, that they wouldn't wander off and be attacked, get trapped in a place that was dangerous. Shepherds would make sure that sheep would always make their way safely back to uh, where they needed to be at the end of the day. Um, they would come in and go throughout the gate, and, and, but they would be kept safe when it got dark because they'd come back into where he wanted to keep them safe. The shepherd would make sure that the sheep would have refuge during the dark hours or, da- or be safe from danger when it was present. Jesus confirms that not only is he the good shepherd, 
But he also makes sure that his sheep, his beloved, were kept safe at all times. He lets us know that he is the gateway to safety. He is the gateway to salvation. He is the gateway. He is our saviour from darkness. And when all everything looks dark and it's like, I don't know what's going on right now, we can always come back to Jesus to keep us safe. He reaffirms that, that he will save us. He reaffirms that he'll protect us and guide us to pasture or provision in every season. When that, that passage of scripture there when we talked about he'll provide everything that he needs, that we'll find pasture in John 10 verse 9 is actually a picture of I have all the provision that you need in every area of your life. In every season. So keep in mind today in John 10 verse 9 that when you enter a relationship with God that you are saved and every provision that you need is taken care of. You are identified as one of His. Like a shepherd identifies all the sheep and it's like, I'm going to keep this group of sheep safe. He looks at you and he's like, you are one of mine and I want to keep you safe and give you all the provision you need. And this leads us to John 10 verse 10. And Jesus goes out of his goes on to say that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he affirms that he has come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it in abundance. John 10 verse 10 says it like this in the ESV. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I put it to you today that that Jesus was sent so that all humanity, you and I, could enter through the gate of salvation. And on top of that, he wants to give us life to the full, a life of abundance as well. Maybe maybe you've put up with life to this point in time and there's, there's things that are out of sync, things that are out of order, things that should have happened but didn't. You're like, oh, well, maybe that's just my lot in life. Can I encourage you that sometimes you've got to get up and fight for what God wants to give you? It's like if God says to me that, Lee, I'm going to get you some new shoes because you need new pairs of shoes, Lee. I don't need new pairs of shoes. I've got plenty of shoes. But just, just imagine for a moment that I needed more pairs of shoes. And it's like, Lee, I'm going to provide some shoes for you. I'm like, Awesome. And then on Monday morning, I wake up, I look at the clock, and I go back to sleep. And on Tuesday morning, I wake up, I look at the clock, and I go back to sleep. And on Wednesday morning, I wake up, I look at the clock, and I go back to sleep. Friday morning, I go get a coffee, and then I go back to sleep. Sunday morning, look at the clock, go back to sleep. And all you are like, where the heck is Pastor Lee? Well, Pastor Lee's just like being lazy. Pastor Lee's not getting up and going at life. Pastor Lee's not going to work. God will provide all that I need. But for his provision to come to pass, I have to do something too. It's not enough to sit at home, look at the clock and go back to sleep. Amen. So I put it to you today that Jesus was sent to save all humanity and to give us abundance. But Jesus also makes it clear that the enemy, the thief, the devil in this context comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life. And I'd also like to put it to you today that in light of these two scriptures, we can come to 
some conclusions around the Scriptures. Amen. Firstly, that the enemy comes to make sure that there is spiritual death and destruction. It's, it's like, it's what he's tasked to do. He also comes to make sure that there's physical death and physical destruction. But second thing, and this is, this is the most important one, Jesus came to make sure that you have the opportunity for spiritual life, but he also wants to give you physical and emotional abundance as well as your spiritual life. So the conclusion from these two passages of Scripture are that Jesus is our salvation and our protector and our provider and he wants to pour spiritual, physical and emotional abundant life into each and every single one of us. You're saved, you're identified by him. When you identified with him, he identified, he's like, "I, I know you, you are mine. He wants to pour out abundant provision in every area of your life. You're like, but what about that area? Yes, that area too. What about that area that has been so difficult? Yes, that area too. What about my health? Yes. What about my mind? Yes, absolutely. See, even the areas that we may feel that we are failing in, they're the areas that he especially wants to pour out his abundance into. See, to walk with this abundant life in our mind, will and emotions as well, it requires some commitment on our behalf. Who would agree that growing more like Jesus spiritually requires spiritual disciplines? Who would agree with that? You've got to have spiritual disciplines in your life. It's biblical. These are some of the spiritual disciplines, I'll get them up on the screen, that are essential for us to grow into living more like Jesus. Um, we got them up there? Where are they? Where's my list? There they are. These, these are just some of the things that are biblical things. You don't have to do them all at the same time. Could be impossible to do all those things at the same time. But th- these are some of the things that help us become more like Jesus. In our spirituality, it helps us become more like Jesus. And I believe that these things help you grow deeper in your spiritual life that God has for us. Our salvation, we know it's secured through Christ. But these disciplines help us to become more like Him. And it doesn't just happen overnight. We don't just wake up one morning and it's like, I'm proficient at all of those things. Someone gives you a piece of paper and you look at the list and you're like, tick, tick in every season. Absolutely, tick? Maybe not in every season do we get to tick the boxes on all of those things, right? But that's Okay. We don't need to carry the shame and condemnation of that. God is with us through every season. He wants to pour his abundance into us. But commitment to these practices helps us form, form, be formed spiritually to be more like him. These disciplines, however, and this is where we talk about our everyday living and walking, walking in the abundant life every day. This doesn't automatically mean that our behaviours change. Like you can be fully proficient at these things and still be mean. You can be fully proficient at these things and like make people walk on eggshells 24-7. It's it's highly possible that, that when people look at this part of their life, you're like, I think this person's more like Jesus than Jesus. And yet there's other parts of your life you're like, oh, don't look at that part. That's the bit that I'm kind of failing in. But we avoid, we avoid those things. We just have a look at this part of my life. 
I'm like Jesus in this part of my life. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, and we hope and we pray that, that God will work on those things in our life as we commit to spiritual disciplines. And, and there is some natural overflow in some of, some of these areas, I mean, some of these disciplines. There is some natural overflow that we just get a little bit better. We weren't who we were before we got saved. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Um, we got saved and just we committed to some of that. We're praying a bit. We're reading a Bible a bit. And automatically there's some things that cleaned up a little bit. We were aware that when we were saying words that we weren't meant to say. And I said, oh, you probably need to stop doing that a little bit. So all of a sudden we're like, we react to certain ways. It's like, oh, that was a bit much. But it doesn't change all of our behaviours. So you may not have verbalised this following question or perhaps maybe not contemplated this question, but how do you be a Christian when you feel like you're not in control of your mind? Anyone ever contemplated that before? How do I be a Christian if I'm not in control of what's going on up here? It's like, it's like a madhouse up here. What, what is going on up here? Like, am I even a Christian? So this following scripture, it tells us that salvation gives us something extra. It gives us a spirit. And that spirit contains power, love and a sound mind. It's from 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Most of us would have heard someone talk about this before. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. You're like, is that it, Pastor Lee? Is that how I would just like live and walk in the abundance? Because I got it at salvation and therefore it's there. Now what it's saying is it's letting you know what you do have inside of you. It's there, ready to be activated. It's there, ready to to help you do the work. It's there, ready for you to get activated and action something. God gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Why then do I still, like I'm torn between two worlds? This is what the scriptures say about it, and it's true. But why do I feel like I'm torn between two worlds still? There is a level of overflow from the spirit that, that just happens. But... It's not necessarily enough to claim the scripture, to recite the scripture, to put it on your toilet door, to have it as your screensaver and go to sleep with the scripture on repeat without action. You can do all of those things, but if there is no action, it doesn't change us from the inside out. Without action, there is no reaction. Does anyone ever, anyone ever like do like their own home science experiments when they were a kid? I call it a home science experiment, but really it's just like boys mucking around with chemicals. But um, like, did I ever get like some chlorine and then like pour brake fluid into it? And then like, oh, there's kids in the room. Oh, <laughs> you should never, ever do this. This is a bad science experiment. There is a reaction that happens because someone, someone poured something on top of something else. There was a reaction that happened. I want to encourage you that in the natural, when people do things to us, say things about us and mean to us, there is an action and it causes a reaction. Likewise, when we look at the scriptures and we're like, I'm going to activate this scripture in my life. As you put an action into place, it causes a new reaction. This time it's not an explosive one. This time it's a God-like one. Amen. See, our spiritual disciplines cause well-formed spirituality. Our going for a walk promotes prolonged health. Our going on a 
journey of our mind, will and emotions, it brings sound, a sound mind into our everyday living. How? How do we have a sound mind in our everyday living? Well, it's about confronting the parts of our mind that make us feel torn. And it sounds too simple, right? Those parts of your mind where things are just like agitating you, where there's, there's any, you don't have to put your hand up, but this is for you to, you know, has anyone ever felt like there was just like, just like an internal rage inside of them? I used to feel like that all the time. Just like 24-7, just like, fr- don't know why it was there. Well, I do know why it was there now, but just, just something would happen. It's just like that rage was ready to go, ready to react, ready to just like someone comes and says anything to me, oh, they better watch out. Like it's, it's, I want to encourage you. That, that thing that was inside of me, I had to confront it so that it didn't control me anymore. So that my sound mind that God has already put in me, so my sound mind could actually become a reality in my everyday life. These things, confronting these things helps us become more like Jesus in our everyday life. Unless dealt with. I want to encourage you, I say this really gently. Unless dealt with, we can eventually become our hurts. Just ponder it for a moment. Unless dealt with, we can eventually become our hurts. That rage wasn't always rage. That was originally a hurt. The rage came from the people that, made, that hurt me in the first place, right? Insert whatever you need to insert in that, that moment there. Eventually, we become the things that we least want to be. It's all we've known. It's all we've known within our family context. It's all we've known with our, in our school context or in our workplaces. For every action, there is a reaction. You know, for a follower of Jesus, no area of our life can be off limits to responding to the abundant life that Jesus promised. No area can be off limits. God promised us amazing things in John 10.10. Life, life to the full, abundant life is what he's promised us. I just want to encourage you, don't put up with the old life. Don't put up with it. You don't have to put up with it anymore. God wants to come and bring healing, restoration. You know, I've said something similar to this before, but our minds are both a blessing at times and yet perilous at other times. You know, particularly if we allow our thoughts and our feelings to dictate how we live. So how do you live with abundant life every day? I want to give you some quick biblical keys this morning of how you can walk towards living God's best in your everyday life so that you can live in that abundant life that Jesus has promised us. Now, I'm, I'm believing with you that as you put some keys in place, that the abundant life that seems to have eluded you, and you're just like, I feel like I'm reaching out for this thing, but it's so far. I'm believing that that becomes a reality in your everyday life. So the first thing that God has called us to do when it comes to confronting and dealing with these things to be more like him, prepare your minds for action. It's a a really simple one. Feel free to write it down, save it in your Bible app. Prepare your minds for action. This is your preparation. This is your call to action today. What, What do I need to do to activate God's best in my life? 
See, the Spirit of God comes and speaks to us all. Who's ever been in a just a quiet moment with God? And he come, he come and speaks to you. And he's like, I've, I've called, called you to, to do this with your life. And you're like, that is amazing. And then he comes and he's like, I'd like you to deal with this so you could get there. Oh, um, I'm busy on Friday. <laughs> but it's Monday. I'm still busy in preparation for Friday. How do I prepare my mind so that I'm consumed with the promises rather than the procrastination? 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 15 says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As an obedient child, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he has called you, but as he who called you is holy, you are, you are also be holy in your conduct. What does that mean? Simply, do not be conformed to the old way of how you lived. So your old way of thinking when it came to reactions, your old way of thinking when it came to anger, your old way of thinking when it came to alcohol use, your old way of thinking when it came to how we interact within the home. Don't be conformed to the old passions of your former ignorance. You know Jesus now. You know his heart now. You know how he's calling you to eventually step into the promises that he has for you. In the Passion Bible, it says it like this. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. Verse 14, as God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Verse 15, instead, shape your lives to become, become like the Holy One who called you. There, there is a daily work that each of us are called to so that we can walk an abundant life. We're called to prepare our hearts and our minds. We're called to fix our hope on Jesus. We are called not to be conformed to the old ways. Rather, we're called to shape our lives. So we can shape our own lives. We can shape our own lives. Can I, can I encourage you? If you're, if you're constantly coming before God and you're like, God, change this in my life. Ch- change me, change me, change me, change me. It's, a, it's an earnest prayer. But I don't necessarily think it's a reality prayer. Pray it once and then what are you going to do to actually action it? So I don't want to be like this anymore. Okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to change in my life so that I'm not like this anymore? I pray to God, God, give me the power, give me the, the authority to step into this moment. But then on Monday, what am I going to do about it? Amen. How am I going to shape my life to be more like him? So when he speaks to you about your behaviors in your old ways, we have the opportunity to acknowledge those things that don't fit our new shape. When he speaks to you about your old ways, You have the opportunity to acknowledge those things. I see those things. They don't fit into my new shape. Therefore, I need to reshape what my life looks like. If it doesn't fit our new shape, it's up to you to seek support to reshape your life to become more like Jesus. I know know that sounds like really like matter of fact, but I want to encourage you. The The only way that you become more like Jesus in your thoughts and your emotions and all, all those areas in our mind. The only way that that happens is by you committing to it 
and you doing something with it. I, I can't do that for you. Coming, coming, you could come to like 86 older calls down the front and unless you choose to action it on Monday, nothing will ever change. Like, you'd be prayed for, well. Like, you'd be a constant like oil stain on your head from where people have anointed you with oil. But it doesn't necessarily look like changing on Monday unless you can action something new. And I want to encourage you. You can do that because God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You do have the power in you to do that. It's like, yeah, but this person and that person and my husband or my wife or my kids or my next door neighbor or my next door. Like, how, how many times will you have God come to you in his beautiful way that he comes to us? How many more times are you going to sit there and blame other people for something only you can do? I say that with the softest heart today. You, you, can't, you can't stay there. And my, my, my heart is to see you excel in everything that God's got for you. But you, we cannot, none of us can blame everyone around us for everything for the rest of our life. Did those hurts originally start with one person or one? Absolutely, we don't discount it. God wants to come and bring healing to it. But everyone else is not the problem anymore. It's like we can, we can look at everybody's enemy or we can look at the enemy that's within and say, God, I need you to come and actually work, work with me on this right now. I, I need to do some action, Lord God. Is everyone okay this morning? Hear, hear my heart as I deliver that today. It's not heavy-handed. It's, a, it's like there's some very real things that we need to confront so that we can be walking that abundant life on a daily basis. See, the preparation of your mind is what leads to you walk in his abundance. It's the daily, weekly, and life commitment of preparing your heart, your soul, your will, your emotion, choosing to anchor yourself in the salvation of Jesus. But I'm going to prepare those other heart parts of my mind. I'm going to shape them to be more like Christ. I speak, I speak this over over everyone who this is relevant today, the practice of doing irrational or addictive things is over. I declare, I declare it over. The practice of doing irrational or addictive things within yourself or family context, it's over in Jesus' name. The practice of preparation and having your lives transformed and shaped to be more like Him, that, that is your new default in Jesus' name. You're not a faulty model. I want to speak that you are not a faulty model. You're a new model. At salvation, you became a new model. Amen. The old faulty, faulty practices, that's, that's of the past. You are a new model in Jesus' name. The new shape is already in you. Jesus is in you. Will you commit like many other people in this room have to, to work to become more like him, to become more in his shape and image? The word says, prepare yourself for action. Exercise self-control, stay alert, stay sober-minded, stay vigilant, set your heart on God's grace, Jesus. Sounds like hard work. Yes. Yes, it is. Amen. It is very, very hard work. I'm just smiling and just encouraging. It is so hard. However, the reward on the other side, the peace in your family, the joy in your heart, it will change everything, amen. Changes everything.
See, the beautiful catch is, we say, is it hard? Yes, but the beautiful catch is that God has given you the Holy Spirit of power, love and a sound mind. You know, Romans 12 verse 2, many of us would have heard this like more times than John 3, 16. But maybe that's not possible. Romans 12 verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. His Spirit empowers you. You're being inwardly transformed, reformed inside in the way that you think, the way that you prepare your mind for action. Why is this important? I'll tell you why it's important. It's as simple as this. Because how we think is how we act. What happens up here eventually comes out through our actions. We can like hide it for two hours on Sunday. (laughs) God doesn't want us to have to hide things in our life anymore. He wants everything to be taken care of. Just some real talk today for our everyday living message. Every disappointment, every hurt, every lament, every scar, every bad word, every time people sinned against you, every time you sinned against someone else, God is interested in bringing healing, forgiveness, wholeness and transformation to those things. It's to transform the way you even think about those things, to bring deep healing to those deepest, deepest scars, those ones that we haven't even shared with people. If you want different outcomes, you need a transformed mind. You need a, blue, a new blueprint on how to speak to people, how to respond to people. I tell you the truth, and this is my personal testimony today. The war inside starts to disappear when you open your heart to God, to all the areas in your heart to God. And say, I need some help with this. So we thought we just needed some help with salvation, but we, what we actually needed was salvation and the journey of becoming a disciple afterwards as well. Bring the past out of hiding. There is an abundant life that God has for you. Amen. Bring the past out of hiding. How can we step into this abundant life and not be captive and subjects of our mind anymore? Well, part of the preparation, there's some, there's some how-tos. Some of these things you may already be doing. But the first one is this. Firstly, being open and willing for the Holy Spirit to transform you. Not trying to do it by yourself. Putting yourself in a place with the Holy Spirit. I'm open and willing to allow you to transform those secret areas of my life that I don't want to be a secret anymore. Secondly, allowing the Word of God to pr- penetrate the deepest parts of ourselves. Why do I say the deepest parts? You know, it's really easy to allow the Word of God to like just like come and just sow some seeds in like the soil just on top. But what we need to do is just like dig some deep, deep holes and say, let that, let those seeds, let that touch the deepest parts of ourselves. I need God to grow deep inside of me. Thirdly, take captive and destroy any thoughts that oppose God and undermine your identity in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Why am I reading this scripture? You have the power to take authority over any thought 
that exalts itself over God's best for your life. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We caption all our prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. This is talking about what goes on in our minds. Don't externalise this. This is, this is the war within that we're talking about. Take control of every thought, every deceptive thought. It's like, so you're, you're not good enough. You're not good enough for Jesus. Your salvation isn't really true. No, you need to take control over those thoughts in Jesus' name. Make those attitudes, those thoughts bow in obedience to Jesus. Amen. Fourthly, here we get to the real practical stuff. Fourthly, set up a pastoral chat to confront the things that don't fit your new shape seems simple. So what's that, what's that going to do? It's going to do everything because we're going to talk about things, whether you catch up with me or, or Pastor Nay, we're going to talk about things that you haven't shared with anyone before. It's like this thing has consumed me. I, my, my self-worth is zero because someone said this about me. It's time to confront the things. It's time to bring them into the light. You can't have those things in darkness. For as long as those things are in darkness, they will have control over you and you need to bring it into the light. See, eventually, maybe after you have an initial you know, pastoral chat or a couple of chats, maybe you're like, I think I need to see a counsellor. I think I need to catch up with someone who can help navigate the best way to, to deal with this situation, you know, to deal with some of the very painful parts of our past so that we can walk in this new abundant life. You know, the, uh, the greatest thing that I ever did, as we, just as we're coming towards the end today, the greatest thing that I ever did was go and see a Christian counsellor. It changed my life forever. I, I guarantee you that I wouldn't be standing here sharing with you this morning that God has an abundant life for you to walk in every day. That joy can be part of your default rather than just looking and lament. Uh, it is the greatest thing that I ever did. I, I tell you if, you, if you want to fight for your family, if you want to fight for your marriage, if you want to fight for your future husband or wife, it's time to confront the things that control. God wants to bring healing and restoration. doesn't want you to walk in the same generational issues that every marriage has walked in. He wants you to have freedom in Jesus' name. Is it difficult? Yeah, absolutely it is. And we... We dedicated Sundays like this for everyday living to teach the disciples out of Matthew 28. This is part of teaching the disciples the ways of Jesus. I just want to encourage you that, that what's the very best thing that you could do with a message like this today? Take it away and do something with it. Don't just treat it as a really nice message that made me feel good on Sunday. So treat it as a message that this has the power to set me on a complete different path. This can change my family line. This can bring freedom and peace to my mind that I've never known before. Is that, is that possible? I'm telling you, personal testimony, this is my story. No longer controlled by those thoughts anymore. Lastly, the last thing that you could take away and do with this is we have a course called the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Its entire purpose 
is to help you move forward in the abundant life so that you can walk in it every single day and not have your past dictating you. It may, it may seem like I've saved that last one as a bait and switch. Oh, it's just this whole message was about emotionally healthy spirituality. Not at all. But what I do know is there are countless amounts of people in this room right now who through having started that course, it's set their family on a completely different trajectory. And so we use what God gives us to be able to reshape and reform ourselves to be more like Him. Amen. So this message is not a sales pitch for EHS, um, but it is part of the answer. It can be part of your answer um, to take captive the war of the mind, take captive feeling that you're torn in between two worlds. Um, You don't have to be that person anymore. God's giving you a powerful mind, powerful spirit, a sound mind to be able to outwork those things. So just as we close our eyes for a moment this morning, um, I know, I know this for every every single one of us. Whether whether you're in this room and you're two years old, or whether you're in this room and you're 89 years old, this is God's heart for each and every single one of us. He is calling you to be renewed, not just in your spirit, not just with salvation but calling you to be renewed in the very deep parts of yourself, your mind, your will, your emotions. It's his heart for each and every single one of his children. Just as your eyes are closed, just think back for a moment. We saw the picture of the shepherd. In times of danger, when things were getting dark, the shepherd would bring your sheep back to safety. I just want to, this is God's heart towards you right now in this moment. This is Jesus, the shepherd. So I I love you. I want to see every part of yourself renewed and restored and fitting into the shape that I have for you. You don't have to walk with the niggles anymore. Don't have to walk with the disappointment anymore. Don't have to walk with the shame anymore. It was never yours to carry. Let me come and help reshape and reform. I speak this over each and every single one of us and let it, let it go out through the world. Let this understanding, but this church is a space where you have permission to deal with the old you so that you can launch into being more Christ-like, not just, not just in the public face, public spaces but in the secret spaces too in your home with your family with your kids the way that you love them the way that you talk to them Holy Spirit God I just pray for each and every single person in this place today I I just declare over each of us God that you, you have called us to walk in abundance you have all the provision you have everything that we need. But Holy Spirit, I pray that our hearts, are, we just we put ourselves in a place this morning, Father God, where we can respond to you. What is it, God, that you would want to speak to the heart of every individual in this place? What is it that you would like to bring to their attention? What is it that you'd like them to, to confront in their life so they can be healed, and renewed and transformed? Holy Spirit, I, I just pray even at this moment, 
that you begin speaking to hearts. Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we surrender our hearts to you. We want all that you have for us. We want to walk in that abundant life every day, Father God. Lord, even as we respond, we're committing to action. Committing to a daily action of being more like you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Jesus' name we pray. In a moment, the service is, is going to wrap up. But if, if God's spoken to you about anything today and you're like, Pastor, I, I think I need some prayer after the service. Uh, I want to encourage you. I, 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 I pray that God has, has put his finger on, on something this morning. And, it, and you're like, oh, there it is. I'm just going to be at the front afterwards. Nay will be here as well. And it, we just wanted the opportunity to be able to stand with you and pray with you. Just to, just to pray that as you leave this space, that you leave with a spirit of power to do something with it tomorrow, to, to look at whatever, whatever those how-to things, whichever one of those five things were like, yeah, I probably need to do that. But I, we just want you to walk with a spring in your step, not walk out going, oh, I, I can't confront that. Don't walk out say, I can't confront that. I can't deal with that. You need someone to stand with you, to lay hands on you and pray for you. Amen. Um. For anybody who is interested in catching up with us for a pastoral catch-up, there'll be a link up on the screen in a second. Um, just go into the hub and clicking on the Connect With Us, you'll be able to click the form to have a pastoral catch-up or uh, do EHS, whatever's, whatever's relevant to you. But if you're watching online today, if you're in this room today and, and you don't know Jesus... This is, the, this is the first thing. God wants to save you, give you salvation, restore you into relationship with Him so that you can have that personal, loving relationship with God. God sent Jesus to deal with the sin issue once and for all. It's because of Jesus' work on the cross, the grave, and rising on the third day that we get to have a beautiful relationship with God. And just with our eyes closed just for a moment, if, if that's you, I, I, just, I just want to invite you. If you're like, I, I, I want that life. I need that life. I need all the things you're talking about today, but first I need salvation with Jesus. I'm just going to invite all of us. We're going to pray a prayer together. And uh, if, if you're praying that prayer for the first time, or you're praying again because you need to get yourself back where you need to be with God. I, just, just pray that prayer with us as a church today. Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus that he rose on the third day for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and you raised him. Forgive me of my sin. I surrender my life. From this day on, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.